Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Give it up. 
answered It's not a troubled mind And it isn't anxious It's not the restless kind And your love's not passive Never disengaged It's always present And it hangs on every word we say today this is a time at this moment I would like to welcome any of you who would like to come and get baptized come today and open up your heart for God does not come in pieces but he gives all of himself to you and this will be a great time a great opportunity right now if the Lord has been tugging at your heart if somebody your neighbor has been saying do you want to get baptized that's God using them and asking, do you want to give God your whole heart? So if you want to get baptized right now, I just encourage you to come on down. And we want you to just come. Come as you are and declare that Jesus is your Lord outwardly so that you will come in the water and wash the old and come out new and refreshed. So if that is you, I'm asking right now if you would just come on up. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of the chair and say, Lord God, I'm giving you all today. Come on, somebody. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Right over here, you guys. Come up over here. Right over here. Anybody else? Anybody else? It is time today, church. It is time today, friends, to give your heart to the one who came and died and rose for you. So if there's anybody else, amen. We thank you for that. Thank you. Now, as you can see, good morning, by the way, everybody. My name is Pastor Michael. I am the youth pastor here at WCF. And as you all can tell, it is youth day today the youth the youth surprised me they didn't do that first service so i was a little surprised and a little shocked with the costumes and the horns and the, the balloons and i was like that's awesome but when the slow song comes we're gonna put those down right because you know my, my hair got messed up a couple times from that but that's okay it's hot and i'm sweaty so my hair is just curling up as we speak but i'm okay because it's all about praising the Lord. I'm starting to talk like the youth right now, like I'm the youth really, really. I'm actually getting on this side of the fence soon. Well, who is ready from a word from the Lord? I just thank the Lord that He's using me today as a vessel to speak into your lives. And this message is not only going to speak into your life, I believe, but it speaks into my life. It's, it, this, this is a message that I need also. And I, and I would think that maybe we all need something like this. So as you can see, this is set up how we had it at camp where we went to in the States. And first we had this set up too. This is four blankets sewn together. Christine Richard sewn these blankets together. All four. This is how, this is, it's, it, I thought it looked big at the, the camp, at the place over there, but it is still actually big over here. And this stage is like triple the size of the other place. So this still looks big. And Victoria Brower, she tie-dyed the whole thing by hand and then put on the Stand Youth Summer Camp. Isn't that awesome? Come on, somebody. First service was more excited that somebody's willing to make something like this for us, for youth. And then we have all the flags of all the teams. 
And these are all the different teams and the colors of the teams. And we had team captains and team leaders. So before I get into message, I'd like to tell you a little highlight. Is that okay? We have a highlight of what happened at camp. Yes. All right. So, so we were praying, and this was the second day, and, and we're praying. And, and as you can see, we're praying and talking and doing the message on worthy, period. So Raylan, does anybody know Raylan Downey? Sweet girl. She comes up here, prays a lot with us. She's a powerhouse in prayer. She sings in the youth band. She, everybody's crying. Kids are falling back. The Holy Spirit is in the room, in the house. And kids are sobbing and crying. I, 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 we're all sweaty. My hair is just going like this. And it's okay because the, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is inside the building. And Raylin comes up. And she asks me to pray for her. And she's already crying. And, and, I, and I come up to her. And, and I'm praying for her, and, and we don't have anybody behind them, so if they fall to catch them. So when we pray, I have to put my hand over here, my hand on her back over here, and keep my distance like this, and then praying. And we're praying, and all of a sudden she starts falling. So as she's falling, I'm, I'm going, going down and trying to still pray so she could hear me. So my face is here, her ears are here. And as I'm praying, my bubble gum falls out. <laughs> I know. My heart's pounding just thinking about it. I'm sweating right now. And it falls in her hair. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm really, really, I'm really nervous just, just thinking about how I felt at that moment. And, and so as I'm praying, I'm like, oh, but so come on. And I'm praying and poof, pops in. I'm like, I'm like, she's falling. So I put it down gently. And as she's, she's crying, she's still praying, she's praying in tongues, she's crying. I'm on the floor. I'm crying too now at this point. And I'm like, oh, Lord God, what am I going to do? And, and she's crying, and she's, she's still praying, and I'm praying for God reveal to me how to get this gum out of her hair. I forgot about the whole fact that I want the Holy Spirit to empower her, to strengthen her. I'm just, Lord God, help me at this moment in time because I just spit out my bubble gum in this girl's hair. And it wasn't at the end of the hair. It was like way up in the top middle part. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And I used to be a hairstylist and, and, and I didn't really know too many ways at, at the heat of the moment to just get the bubble gum out of the hair. So I'm praying, I'm crying, not out of joy at this moment. And... I start picking up the hair, thinking it was just like, maybe I had a lot of saliva on it, and I just pick it up. Well, her whole hair started lifting up, and I could see her head kind of bobbing up. And I'm like, oh, but so to, 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 and I'm putting my hand on her head. Other girls are coming down to come pray with her. They're about to notice the gum, so I'm like, in the name of Jesus, they fall back. I just ask God to take them all out, so nobody, nobody will notice this gum, this bubble gum in her hair. So... I'm praying and I'm still crying and all I could think about is, Lord, God, help me here. So she was down for at least 20 minutes. It felt like an hour, honestly. I mean, I was, by the time I was done, I was drenched in, in fear and worry. And I know we're not supposed to do that, but I felt bad for Ray Lynn. So she finally gets up and I'm like, Ray Lynn, sweetie, um, I'm glad the Holy Spirit knocked you down. And I'm glad the Holy Spirit did this and this and this, but I spit my bubble gum in your hair. <laughs> And she is so sweet. She's like, it's okay, Pastor Michael. It's okay. And I'm like, I'm going to have to go get the scissors. But here's the deal, Raylan. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. And, and I don't know if God allowed this. It's the humor of God. I don't know. But Jared, one of the team leaders, and he, he comes up with all the games. He pretty much sets camp for me just to look good, just to come in and say some, something and just look good. He pretty much does it all. He, he set up a, a, a point system so they would get points. And the one who has the most points wins in the competition. And one of the things to get points was, if they got Pastor Michael's hair, it's cut a piece of hair, two inches, this thickness, and you get 5,000 points. 5,000 points, the highest most points ever in these competitions. Now, now, the great thing was that all these teams were in a tight, close finish, like 200 points a piece. So 5,000 points would just skyrocket, skyrocket Ray Lynn's team. So I said to Ray Lynn, Ray Lynn, I'm gonna have to cut your hair. But here's the thing, Raylin. I will cut a piece of my hair to give it to you. See, family, what I was planning on doing was giving a piece of my hair to all the teams. But I put bubble gum in this girl's hair. How could I not give her? So all the other teams were upset with me, but they weren't there at that moment when my bubble gum just spit out. At that moment, I realized I should have went with the mints. And, and 
which, which actually, which actually the ushers gave me today. So if I do pray for you, you'll see me pop in one of these today, not my bubble gum. And, and, and um, so she was all happy about it. And at the day of the ceremony, at the day of coming to who's going to win the thing, you know, we thought Team Purple had it in the bag. And, and here's the thing too, family. I was, I'm a little biased. I'm a little favoritism towards Team Purple because last year, Pastor Brian put me as a team captain. Jared put me as a team captain for Purple. So when I found out, Raylan, I'll give you my hair. And I said, by the way, what color team are you? She said, Purple. I was like, yes. This is the humor of God. God must have known this was going to happen and probably was laughing about it the whole time. Michael, I got something for you. You're going to spit out this gum in this girl's hair, but don't worry. She's team purple, so she's going to be okay with it because she's going to get 5,000 points. So, I, so at the end of it, team blue is about to win. And Ray Lynn comes up at the last second. Wait, wait, wait. I got Pastor Michael's hair. 5,000 points. Pff, takes team purple to win. But you would think that. Somehow Team Pink, Pink, who wins like five years running right now, which I don't know how that's even possible. Team Pink, and, and the sad thing was Brooklyn, Nader's wife was on Team Pink. So poor Nader was Team Blue, was about to win. And Brooklyn would just be like, yeah. And poor Nader had to hear her, her victory speech the whole way home. <laughs> so Team Pink, all of a sudden, last second, pulls out this eraser this eraser that supposedly Jared hid under the stage oh the real one is under the stage just to let you know for next year under the stage and and it's worth 5,000 points so one of the pink teams found the eraser which was supposed to be a purple eraser but somehow they just made up a speech saying God turned it to pink because pink's a better team and we're like what where did this thing so team pink pink won but Team Purple, in your hearts, we know maybe you won. But you know what? Let God judge it and decide it, Brad. It's okay. Brad was Team Purple. So he called me the next day. Did you hear? I'm like, Brad, it's in God's hands. It's not about winning or losing. It's okay. Let it go. But we're happy that Team Pink won. Anyways, that was a highlight of the story. It was a fun week. It was a great week. People's lives got changed. And people, people just surrendered to the Lord. So it was awesome. Even the leaders, we had such a great time blessing your children, just giving all, pouring out into them, and just God just showed up. And we just believe that God will show up for you every single day when you come and seek Him. So are you ready for the Word today? Well, what we were talking about at camp was worthy period. As you can see, a lot of us are wearing the t-shirts. Mine is um, custom made. I got the v-neck, which I kind of liked. Everybody's got the round neck part. And I think they made mine a little bit tighter, which I don't mind because it makes my muscles look a little bit bigger. So I, I like this. So I was like, oh, this fits really nice. Thank you. And, and so we're talking about worthy period. So at this moment, I want you all to know, if you have believed that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you've accepted him, I want to tell you something. You are worthy, period. Worthy, period. And if you're a friend and if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're wondering and you're pondering who is this Jesus, let me just tell you something. Jesus came and died for you and rose again and will come again for you. So if you believe in him, you too will be worthy, period. He's done that so we can all be Worthy. I need you to turn to somebody and say, worthy, period. Now turn to the second choice of yours that you think he's second worthiness and say, you are worthy, period, too. So what I want to focus on today, family, is, is I have three sections, and we're going to focus on three of these. The first one that we talked about is at this moment, family, I don't want you thinking about you. I'm not going to think about me. I want you to look around the room at this moment and think about all those around you. It's not about you today. It's not about me at this moment. I want you to think about others. Because the first thing that we talked about was others are worthy, period. Others, those of you who believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you are worthy, period. And those who don't, he has died for you so that you can be worthy, period period, so that we can live a life worthy of the Lord. In fact, in Philippians 1, 2, 7, 
It says, live as citizens of heaven. This is the NLT version, so it gives you the title. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting, that means handling, control, direct yourselves in a manner, that means in a way, in a style, worthy, that means congruous, in agreement of the good news about Christ. So it's saying live in a manner worthy of the good news, that you will be in agreement with Jesus, that you'll be in agreement with the good news. Because we are worthy, those around you are worthy, period. And you're going to hear me say that a lot. Because I want us to understand and get, get it down deep within us that we are worthy, period. And the ones around you are worthy, period. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together. Standing together. Standing together together not standing alone not being in the corner alone but standing together with one spirit and one purpose one spirit family the holy spirit one spirit living in all of us standing together with one purpose and one and and and, and one spirit and one purpose fighting together for the faith which is the good news. So we shall stand together fighting for one purpose, which is the good news. See, the battle is not against each other. And the enemy so wants to, to bring disunity to each other so that we don't fight together and stand for one purpose. Are you okay with the music playing here? Is that okay? I like it because I like, I, I like when the music is playing because here's the thing, family. I don't like to do things alone. I like it when we all get involved, when the, when the band is encouraging you, the band is encouraging me, and the band is, is playing, but what they're really doing is just worshiping God till we're done the day. And then when we go out there, we still worship God. We throw the balloons out. We're just giving joy to the Lord. We have our hands up. I tell the youth, sing, praise, do what you want. But when you do it, give all the glory to the Lord. But we need to stand together for one purpose for the good news of Jesus Christ. So the enemy wants us to fight and wants us to break apart. And he wants to bring disunity to the family. He doesn't want us to look that others are worthy, period. So I'm going to focus on a scripture today about others and about, about myself too and, and, and how we can look at others. And, and, and I want you to turn to John 8, 1 verse 11. John 8, 1 verse 11. Now here's the thing, family. I want, you, I want to point something out. This scripture that I'm about to read reminds me a lot about me sometimes. In fact, I catch myself in that area of life and how I treat others and how I look to others and how I act towards others. This scripture that I'm about to read and I'm whispering and I'm not saying it so high because, because I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to be perfect up here but I'm not. And, and it relates to me because sometimes I see myself in the midst of what is going on in here. So those of you who have your Bibles out, let's turn to John 8, 1 through 11. If not, we have it on the screen. It's NLT version. A woman caught in adultery. Now, now time out. I just got to say, that's not me. I'm not saying I'm part of that. There's, when I get down to it, it's not the adultery part. It's, it's something else in there that I want us to realize that we may be part of that. So Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, and, and time out, not that I'm a woman either. I'm a woman caught in adultery. I'm not a woman, just to let you know. So, okay. Jesus returned, and not that there's anything wrong. I mean, I'm just saying men too can be caught in adultery. I'm just saying, it just says the woman right now. We'll just, let's just go to scripture. John 8, 1 through, who reads the NLT with the title on there? The King James Version does not have a title. We should, let's just skip the title and let's go right to John 8, shall we? Is that okay? All right, teaching time here. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in the front crowd. 
let's just take a little break over there for a second. Don't you just love how, how the, these religious leaders who are so perfect, they bring this woman out. And, 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 and this is a serious crime. I'm not just batting my eyelashes at it and just thinking, like, just, just got caught in adultery. What are you doing? This was a serious crime. They, they want to stone her. They want to put her to death. But what they did is, don't you just love how they, they put her in front of the crowd as if, look at her mistakes. Let's shame her, but hey, back here, don't pay any attention to me because I'm perfect. I'm holy and I'm righteous, but let's bring her out and let's, let's let everybody see her mistakes so nobody can focus on me. And that's what they're doing. And sometimes I wonder, do I actually do that, not even thinking about it sometimes? Put somebody else out in the firing line so that nobody would notice my flaws. And they say, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to Stoner, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. Isn't that just like the world? Trying to trap the Christians into saying something so they could use it against them. Isn't it just like the word, the world trying to find a disbelief trying to find something so that they can discredit our Lord and Savior. And if we're not careful, we start believing this disbelief. People discrediting Jesus. And we start falling into this trap that they're trying to trap Jesus into. And sometimes we got to be careful who we talk with, who we hang out with, who we're asking questions to. Because, because there's a lot of times before I got here, People would say something and they'd say, well, well, you know, the Bible says this. And I'm like, really? That's interesting. Maybe it does. And then I'd ask the wrong people the right questions that I'm supposed to ask. And I got the wrong answer. So I just want to say it's okay to have questions. But be careful who you're seeking. Be careful who you're asking. Because the world just wants to trap you into having a disbelief of the one who died for you, of the one who caused you to be worthy, period. And then he goes on, and this, I love what Jesus does here. But Jesus stooped down, and he wrote in the dust with his finger. And I don't know what Jesus was doing. A lot of people, a lot of scholars say he was writing the sins of all the other Pharisees. A lot of them say he was writing their names down like he knew who they are, and they're not perfect either. Me, personally, I think Jesus was just doodling. He's just having a good old time just, just doodling. Because, because I like to doodle and pray. And I picture if Jesus caused me to doodle, well, Jesus must doodle too sometimes. And just draw in the sand and just think and meditate on things about God the Father. And I like to doodle. And I just like to pretend that Jesus was doodling because I doodle and it moves me closer to Jesus. So that's just me. But hey, if you think that Jesus was writing the sin, maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. We don't know. Maybe he was just drawing a beautiful picture of a house. I don't know. We don't know, right? But, but preachers, this is my perspective, is he was doodling. So, but Jesus stooped down, wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down and doodled some more. So, so here Jesus was telling these Pharisees who, who just brought her out to the front, just brought her out to the front to display her shame. Don't look at my shame. They're ready to stone her to death. And Jesus is saying, all right, but the one who has not sinned, the one who has not done anything wrong, he's pretty much saying, go ahead. But this is what they did. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. I love it how it said the oldest to the youngest. I bet you the oldest was like, man, I have a lot of sins because I've been living here for a long time and there's a lot of sins that I have. And then the next one thought he had a lot. Then the next one and the next one. And then the young ones left a little bit later. Young people, I want to tell you something. Be careful that you don't become too self-righteous. Be careful that you don't become self-righteous into thinking that what they're doing is so wrong and you'll never do that. Because when I was younger, I used to think, how could they do that? And then when I got to that situation, there were times when I started falling into the things that I said that I would never do. So church family, we need, I need to make sure that I am not self-righteous, that I am not perfect either. Because they had all their stones they had all their rocks. And, and, and scholars say that the rocks were way bigger than this. Probably even bigger than this. 
Something so big that it'd be like a kill shot. And finally, they dropped their stones and they left one by one and one by one. And Jesus then says to her, he stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So I want to point something out here. This, this is when I was reading this. They put her in the front of the crowd to display her shame and her follies and her mess-ups. Now, Jesus isn't saying that this is, let's just let it go. But what he's saying is, listen, you all have flaws. You all mess up. None of you are perfect. But then in the midst of all these people with their stones and, and ready to just criticize and blame and attack and accuse and condemn, do you know what happened? All of a sudden the crowd started making a circle around the girl, around the woman and Jesus. Because it says then he was, he was alone in the middle with the girl. First, she was in the front. Now, he's in the middle with the woman. So that means the crowd was... Have you ever been in a fight in school when I was younger? And, 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 and I was on both sides. Sometimes I was in the middle and sometimes it's in the crowd. And it's better to be in the crowd than in the middle. <laughs> so there they are, all around the Pharisees and all the people that he was speaking to. And they, they were in the middle. Fight, 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 fight. Kill, 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 death, 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 accuse, 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 condemn, condemn, condemn. And they're all in the middle of this. And there Jesus was, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the accusations, in the middle of the condemnation. There Jesus was, not accusing her. But he comes in gently. The Bible says, restore people gently because family, look around. Others are worthy, period. And there they are condemning and fighting. And he asks, where are your accusers now? They're not here, Lord. But he's in the middle. Do you know that you can throw a stone and not even have a stone? That there were some people in the middle, she might have heard their voices, but she couldn't see who they were. Meaning sometimes I could spread a word about somebody and gossip to somebody. Did you hear about so-and-so? They're like this, man. Whew, I'm glad we're not doing something like that, honey. You and me, we're perfect. And then that goes to you, and then you say it to you, and then you say it to you. And then it goes to the person, not even knowing who really started it. And we got gossip in the air. We're throwing stones from the crowd. Can't see me, but I'm there in the back. Fight, fight, fight. Condemn, condemn, condemn. Blame, blame, blame. Throwing stones from the back. They're not going to see me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I say something. I'm going to make sure I condemn them. I'm going to make sure I get my point across that what they did was wrong and evil. And they should be uh, sorry for it. And we stone and we throw stones and we attack and we condemn. And, and sometimes I catch myself holding that very stone. I'm the one in the crowd. And Jesus is saying, enough with the fighting. Enough with the stone throwing. I do not accuse. So drop your stones. Drop the rocks. Fathers, sons, it's time to drop the stones drop the rock for your dad is worthy period your son is worthy period the one beside you is worthy period and we fight and we argue and we throw stone after stone after stone and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger there's a there's a fight that my wife and myself had it was a big fight probably one of the biggest fights we've ever had what about two years ago and, and if you ask my kids, if you say, so guys, what was the biggest fight your parents ever had? The first word that will come out of the mouth would be barbecue sauce. In fact, we don't have barbecue sauce in the house to this day. Every time you say barbecue sauce, I actually feel a twitch. My eye flutters. <laughs> and what would happen was, it was a beautiful sunny day. You know, rejoice, be glad, the Lord is with us. The birds were chirping. I was going to barbecue. Now, 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 here's the thing. 
Here's the thing. Who fights over barbecue sauce? I just, I just wonder if there were some stones already being thrown at each other before the barbecue incident. I just wonder. You know, because when we think about it, we might laugh about it now, but something was building up. Stone throwing was happening. And I grabbed the barbecue sauce. And I'm about to bring the, the, the chicken or whatever I was barbecuing out to the barbecue. And Jen comes in the kitchen and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? And then I'm like, what is the matter? You know, right? <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, you took the full barbecue sauce that has not been open. And I'm like, what? She's like, there's one over here. So I grab it and it was like a quarter full. Now I'm telling the story, Jen would tell you three quarters full, but they're gonna believe me right now. You know what, no throwing stones right now. No throwing, not, who's throwing, nobody. Quarter full. And, and, <laughs> and she's like, you use this one first. And how many of you know when you're married, you can get under your wife's skin really, really good. And you can get under your husband's skin really, really good. Just, just, just make them twitch even more, right? Just, just make them flutter and hold their heart because they think they're having a heart attack or something. And, and, and there we are fighting over this barbecue sauce. And, and I'm like, and I say to her, honey, and I even use honey when I fight. I'm like, honey, it's barbecue sauce. I need a full one. She's like, use this one. I'm like, I want to use this one. It's just barbecue sauce. It's not the end of the world. You come in here with blazing, right? Like she's some psycho with like barbecue sauce. <laughs> I better go back to the word. I better get back to the word. And I wonder, we just kept, you know, your true character comes out. It's nice to be somebody who's nice. But what about when the stones come, keep coming? Are you picking up a stone too and throwing it back and becoming the very person that you hated the most? Blaming, criticizing, shaming, condemning. And then we throw the stones and then we keep on going back and forth and back and forth. And eventually the kill shot happens till we just take them out. And Jesus is saying at this moment, daughter, mother, in the middle of the, 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 the crowd, stop throwing stones. It is time to put your stones down. Drop it. No more condemning. No more accusing. For all those around you are worthy, period. And then he says to the woman, who accuses you? Who condemns you? Where are they? She's like, they're not here. They're not condemning or accusing me. And he says, neither do I. Now sin no more. What he's saying there is, live a life worthy now of your repentance. Live a life worthy of Jesus. Because now I want you to focus on you. Not on those around you, but you. To know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That God has chosen you before the earth even existed. That you have set an inheritance, a place of eternal life. That he has called you to live a life of freedom. That you, me, are worthy, period. So I will sin no more, for I will live a life worthy of my repentance. I will live a life worthy of you, Lord. For the Lord sees you worthy, period. Now, I had Brad and Alora at camp. They did this awesome, I don't know what you call it, Brad, forgive me. It's a song, it's a sonnet, it's a poem. It's, a, it's, it's just something amazing that he sang it, and, he, and he'll probably explain a little bit of it. But I hope it blesses your heart as much as it blessed my heart and the youth's heart. Good afternoon, church. How's everyone doing? Have you guys ever brought in, uh, got taken out of your comfort zone? Uh, Pastor Mike, uh, before youth camp, about a week before, asked me if I can write a skit um, and do something for youth camp. And um, 
I love doing skits. Um, I love doing some crazy stuff. And I uh, totally forgot. And uh, it was the night before youth camp. And uh, I went in my room and kind of just had silence and started writing something and didn't come out anywhere near what I wanted it to. I, I wanted something to be fun, funny. I wanted uh, the kids to enjoy it, um, to kind of get them all riled up. And God said, no. I said, God, you, you don't understand. Um, you, you don't know what's going on here. Uh, it's got to be funny. And he said, no. And I said, no, no, God, you, you don't get this. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting it. And he just kept saying no. And so I wrote this down and um, I actually brought it to my daughter that night and asked her to read it. And then I, I asked her to write some music for it. This is my amazing daughter, Laura. And even... Pastor Mike doesn't know this, but um, when we were supposed to do it at youth camp, he was standing up and he was speaking. I was standing in the back and I was trying to get his attention. I was going to say, no, we're not going to do it. And, and he wouldn't look at me. He just kept preaching. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I, I don't want to do this. It's... And he called us up and I was taken out of my comfort zone. And let me tell you, being worthy is coming to God who you are. You know, I, I like doing acting skits and, and acting and being someone else, and, and that's comfortable for me. It's easy. I can be whoever I want, but God doesn't want that. He wants us to be ourselves. He's saying that we are worthy to be ourselves. He will accept us however we are. The color of our skin, the size that we are, how we talk or how we speak, how we, how we walk. If we just got saved yesterday or we got saved 30 years ago, God doesn't care. He knows where we're at. We all come from different places. He wants us to know that we're worthy because he made us worthy and to come to God who we are. When did I become so lost? How did I end up here? are different but the same we have these dreams but feel such shame God why am I here what am I doing it seems so clear and where am I going God why am I here give me I know God loves me, but I don't know why. I have these secrets when others pass me by. You say I'm made in your image, but I ask you why. How am I fearfully and wonderfully made? People see through me. I feel like just a name. Every day I wake up, and I don't know why. God, why am I here? What am I doing? It seems so clear. Where am I going? God, why am I here? Give me a reason. I'm lost and I'm screaming. I'm drowning but breathing. God, why am I skull was pierced with a crown of thorns 39 whips and his flesh was torn the stakes that drove through his hands and his feet and hoisted up on a cross for everyone to see have you ever thought about my broken heart when my son was dying on that cross have you ever thought about how I felt and when my son yelled out father why have you forsaken me God, why am I here? What am I doing? It seems so clear. And where am I going? God, why am I here? Give 
you think you know what worthy is think about the cross that my son carried you are worthy. think about the soil soaked blood at the foot of the cross you are worthy. think about the pain that he went through when he died for you you, are worthy. you think you're not worthy you think I sent my only son for me that he would suffer for me that he died for me you are worthy. so next time you think you know what pain is Think about the cross that my son carried. The pain that he went through. What sacrifices he made. What cross he carried. God, why am I here? What am I doing? It seems so clear. Where am I going? God, why am I here? Give me a reason I'm lost and I'm screaming I'm drowning but breathing God, why am I here? He did this all for you. He gave his only son to die on the cross so that you can live because God made you worthy, period. We are worthy, period. And, and, and the enemy, he's always trying to, to take that away from us, always trying to make us feel like we're not worthy, period. When Jesus is the life giver. And no longer will I stand on the stones of blame, of shame, of accusations, but I will stand on the rock, the foundation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For he is my hope, my peace, and my confidence. Do you know what confidence is, family? What confidence really is? Confidence is not. Confidence is not everyone all will like me. Confidence is I'm okay if not everybody does. Confidence is not I'm going to come up here and be Mr. Perfect. Confidence is I'm going to probably come up here, flub my words a little bit, mess up a little bit, but I'm going to keep on pressing on. I'm going to keep on going because I am worthy, period. And Jesus will not shame me, will not accuse me, but he will keep me to keep rising up because I will walk worthy of my repentance. I will live, I will live worthy of the Lord. From now on, I will walk as though I'm a new creation. I will walk as if I have the confidence of the Lord. I will walk with the hope and the joy and the peace as the Lord is with me. I will walk with excitement, with passion, with, with encouragement because the Lord is my shepherd and he guides me. He is the light of my path for he sees me as worthy, period. And it hurts. I know it hurts when people throw stones at us. It hurts when somebody says, when somebody says, what are the youth doing? The balloons? Why are the balloons up there? Are they really praising God or is it just for show? Listen, if it's just for show, I don't want to be up here. And I know none of you want to do things for show in your ministry and where you're doing a good work. Because it's just for show. What's the point? Why am I going to bring glory to myself when I'm all about bringing glory to God? Because Jesus is worthy. And that's the third point, that Jesus is worthy. In the scripture that we read, it says, above all other names, above all other names, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior. There is no name above Jesus, but yet somehow Jesus, our Lord, who is above all names, came down to us and sent His Holy Spirit upon us because He sees us as worthy, period. For He is the one who is truly worthy. And if we look to Jesus, our true authority, then our worth will come from Him and not what somebody says about us. Come on, somebody, let's give it up for Jesus, who is worthy. The Bible says, in the midst of the storm, in the darkest valley, I shall fear no evil. 
the word says he has set a table in the presence of our enemies. Jesus has set this table when the crowd is coming and the storm is coming and the blame and the accusations come. Our Lord, our God, our Jesus, who is worthy to be praised, has set a table in the midst of her enemies. And what do we do? We allow the accusations, this table that he set for us, to come in and fill up the table that Jesus has set for us. And we allow all this junk to come in. I don't know why there's tape in there. We don't need that. But we start eating the food and we start taking in the blame and the accusations and we start letting the stones come in and attack us and we start believing the stones. We start acting upon the stones and then we become the stones. And Jesus is saying, no, I have set the table in the midst and in the presence of your enemies. It is time to reset the table, family. It is time to clean house because the Lord has goodness and love and peace and hope and joy. He provides us with oil that will flow and overflow. He will give us more than ever we could dream or think of. He is a God of the possibilities. He is, nothing is impossible for our Lord. So He provides for us so that we, because we are worthy and when He provides for us, we provide to others and make others worthy also because we see them as worthy. So my question is, is Jesus worthy, period? Enough? Is He worthy, period? Enough to give your life for? Enough to give your heart to? Enough to follow? Enough to seek? Enough to ask? Lord, come into my heart. I seek you. I serve you. I love you. I praise you. I thank you. Is he? Because Jesus is worthy. Can you rise up? Can you give him a shout of praise? Can you give him the glory? Because Jesus is worthy. Come on, church. Come on. Your will be done.